A season of dreams continues in Louisville this weekend for WVU men's soccer. Dan Stratford has been on this stage before, winning a pair of national titles at Charleston in 2017 and 2019. And this season, he's taken his alma mater higher than it has ever gone before. Friday night, the Mountaineers face Clemson in their first College Cup appearance with a spot in the national championship game on the line. And we're here to preview it all for you on this special College Cup edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Nick Farrell here alongside our enthusiastic soccer reporter Ryan Decker. He'll be making the trip to the Derby City Friday to cover the national semifinals for Golden Blue Nation. And you can follow his coverage at GoldenBlueNation.com and on the free Golden Blue Nation app. Okay, Deck, we got to start with the big million-dollar question. How is this city pronounced? Louisville, right? No, no, it's, it's Louisville. No, <laughs> Louisville? No, that can't be right either. It, it's definitely Louisville, L- L- Louisville right? L- Louisville. No. Louisville. Correct everybody, Nick. Correct well, everyone. Well, listen, listen, as a, as a big pronunciation guy, and I do pride myself, I do pride myself on getting the names of players correctly in broadcasts. The, the town was named after a French king. There's no way on earth king it's Louisville, Louisville right? Yeah, yes. King Louis. King Louis the 16th, yep. right? Yeah, all right, right, right. At some point, the town had to have been called Louisville. I would just really love to sit down with, like, scholars, probably from the University of Louisville, or is it Louisville University? The Cardinals. The Cardinals. The team that West Virginia beat in the second round. I'd love to sit down with some, like, linguistics professors and, and sort of just understand how we went from a town that was almost assuredly called Louisville to Louisville. Anyway, that's not what we're here to discuss. We're here to discuss the College Cup semis, West Virginia's first trip to the national semifinals, taking on Clemson, a team that's been there and done that. Uh, Deck, this is an exciting moment for this West Virginia soccer team. Made it to the quarterfinals in 21 against Georgetown, lost on penalty kicks, was 500 a season ago despite being the number six team in the preseason poll in 2022 just didn't have it together, just couldn't put it together in that 2022 season despite some really high expectations. Then you flip the script this season. Expectations maybe not as high, at least outside of Morgantown, Mm -hmm. right? A team that sort of flew under the radar early, rose to number two in the nation in the United Soccer Coaches poll multiple times during the season, and has now reached a new height of the College Cup semis. It's been a remarkable year so far. It's been very remarkable, and it's something that Dan Stratford has talked about throughout the season of his players being able to kind of compartmentalize the excitement and the expectations that go along both from inside and outside the program. There was the expectation this year to make a run. Maybe not a run to the College Cup, but there was an expectation to make a run and make this season uh, historic, so to speak. And the further they got along into the season, you could tell there was the confidence that, that this team could go on a run like this. And, and also the expectation that, that as this season went on, that expectation grew that they would be on a stage like this and facing a team of the ilk of Clemson, who has been there and done that before. And it's kind of a, a tale of two teams, two programs, really. Clemson's been there 10 times, or this will be their 10th appearance now for Clemson. West Virginia making its main voyage. It's an interesting matchup from that regard as well. Yeah, it's such an awesome story for this year's West Virginia team. Such a unique group, roughly half and half on a 29-player roster of domestic players and internationals. You've got guys from Morgantown, Charleston, and Wheeling on this team. You've got guys from England, Denmark, Finland, and Australia on this team. It's uh, really a microcosm of what makes college soccer so unique and exciting, not to mention the fact that Dan Stratford, associate head coach Andy Wright, 
and assistant coach Nick Noble all played for West Virginia as college athletes uh, and went and had really great teams. You know, West Virginia has now won 17 games this season, which is a program mm -hmm. record. The mark that they broke belonged to Stratford Wright and Noble. Uh, 15 wins was the previous high water mark, and of course, Coach Stratford joked that that's a record that he's willing to give uh, to this current team of Mountaineers. So, as we look ahead to this matchup, West Virginia coach Dan Stratford has said a number of times he thinks his team has already proven it can beat anybody in the country, right? Beat number three Portland at home with an exciting last-second goal by Marcus Caldera. Beat Marshall at home when the Thundering Herd was the number one team in the country, 5-2. But things really ramp up now, right? right. Uh, West Virginia has played good teams in the NCAA tournament, don't get me wrong, but Clemson is a team with a rich soccer tradition, right? This is... This is the 36th national tournament appearance for Clemson, 10th College Cup appearance, been runners-up twice, national champion in 1984, 1987, and as recently as 2021. So you've got a team with great pedigree. You've got a team with some tremendous players. Usman Silla, the striker, was just named to the Mac Herman Trophy semifinalists list. 12 goals and 10 assists this season. That's pretty similar to the tally of Yutoro Sukata, who also has a dozen goals and nine assists to his credit. Uh, so that matchup is extremely intriguing. And so while you have Clemson, who is a team that's really got a rich soccer tradition, West Virginia has never made it this far, right? This is West Virginia's 16th tournament appearance, deepest run ever, and first college cup appearance. Uh, I kind of wonder, Deck. Coach Stratford is so good at these pregame pep talks, right? Mm -hmm. He's always got his team up for the moment. Uh, there's no doubt that they're going to be ready to go. Uh, but I, I do think that this Clemson team is really, really, really good. Won the ACC tournament. That's the, the conference that has the highest RPI rating as a league. Um, we might be looking at this, right? I just think the similarities to Clemson and Marshall, they're, they're right there. They're right. right. And I do think that this is going to be an extremely tough test, even though West Virginia is technically the higher seed in this matchup. Yeah, and you look at that comparison between Clemson and Marshall. Marshall uh, finished this season at 6.4 shots per game. Clemson, 6.8. So a little bit higher of a tally there. Uh, Marshall scoring 55 goals for 17 goals against. It's a plus 38 goal differential there. Clemson, I uh, believe even better, that plus 39 goal differential tied for the best in the country this season. So Clemson, they can get it done on both ends, and that's the interesting thing about this matchup is that the Tigers, they seem to have a little bit more firepower than maybe the Mountaineers do, but WVU, as we've noted with Marshall and some of these other teams they've played, they have taken on firepower before this season and limited that firepower. Uh, what this year, off the top of my head, Marshall scored a combined, is it three or four goals against West Virginia combined this year, and that that's one of the best goal-scoring teams in the country. So just one example there. West Virginia has been able to take these high-powered teams and been able to minimize that as much as possible, keep themselves being WVU in the game. Think about that uh, UCF game early in the year when UCF was rolling at that point, and West Virginia was able to contain that for, for most of that game, contain that night's attack. So it should be interesting. One equalizer to me going into this game is that neither team has played at Lynn Family Stadium before. Clemson has obviously been to Louisville multiple times, but never played in that exact stadium. So it will be a new venue, not a new stage for Clemson, but a new venue for both these teams. That will equalize things, I think, a little bit, at least in the early going. Were you the one who was telling me that there are two Lynn stadiums in the Derby City? Yeah, so so the, the field that Louisville plays at, the University of Louisville, it's like Dr. and I'm going to mess up the name, it's Dr. someone Lynn Family Stadium. That's the college stadium, 
and then it only seats about, I think it's like 5,000 or so, and then Lynn Family Stadium for the, uh, the, the professional team there is where the mm. College Cup will be happening, okay. and it's a, anywhere from an 11 to 15,000 uh, capacity stadium. Okay, interesting, interesting. So, yeah, so Clemson, man, they're extremely good. I, I, I'm trying – as I. We've got a lot of folks who have told me, right, over the last few weeks that they're really tuning into soccer and they never have before, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so if you watch the Marshall match, as Deck just pointed out, this Louisville outfit, or sorry, Clemson outfit in Louisville is going to look pretty similar to the Thundering Herd. Um, Clemson, in fact, is the team that's tied for the best in the nation in goal differential, as you mentioned, Deck at plus 39. The team they're tied with is Bryant, which came out of the America East and was an automatic qualifier to the NCAA tournament. Um, but... One thing that could play into West Virginia's favor is that Clemson is content to not have the ball, right? The Tigers are going to try to counterattack, and they can be lethal on those counterattack situations. But what we've really seen from West Virginia in the tournament is that when it can dictate the pace of the game and eat up possession, which is what it likes to do, it really has these moments of brilliance that, mm -hmm. that we saw. You know, we, we saw the Utoro Sukata goal against LMU in the second half that really sealed that game away. That was one of those moments where West Virginia has really good possession can, uh, continues with uh, the ball in the attacking third, has a moment of brilliance, just gets Sukata open behind the defense and scores a goal, right? I think that those moments could happen against this Clemson team. And the other thing that is, to, to me, the other thing that is sort of relevant in this matchup is that while West Virginia has sort of had moments that have been uh, – some have called it leaking goals at the back during the regular season, right? Those moments have been much, much fewer in the NCAA tournament, right? This team has only given up two goals. One of them came against LMU off the press. Another came against Vermont on a counterattack situation, right? And so, uh, to, to me, West Virginia has shown one thing in the tournament that's really um, sort of gives me confidence going into the College Cup is that this team, when it comes down to those key moments, even sometimes what you might call panic situations, West Virginia has emerged from those clean, right? Because Carlos Hernando and Max Broughton are playing tremendously well as a center back pairing together. And Jackson Lee has played his best soccer of his career during this NCAA tournament. He had a season high seven saves um, against Vermont. That was the most that he's had in his two years at West Virginia. And then he made some key plays down the stretch against the Lions in the round of eight uh, that helped West Virginia maintain a two goal lead there late in the second half, including a beautiful save on a free kick that was goal bound by Tiger Smalls. And so Clemson is going to attack. Clemson is going to have its moments. The Tigers are a really, really solid offensive team. But when you look just back at the round of eight for Clemson against New Hampshire, a team that was the number eight seed in the tournament, outshot by New Hampshire 15-8, and New Hampshire outpossessed Clemson. Now, Clemson, of course, won that game. Right. But it is doable, right? This team is very good, very sound, attacks really well, and is solid defensively. But West Virginia can definitely play its game against the Tigers and come away with a win. So a couple things on what you just said there. Early on you said that Clemson is willing to not possess the ball and, and, and strike when it feels like it can. Two teams that West Virginia has played this year that was very willing, or that were very willing, I should say, to not have possession a lot and, and, and let West Virginia kind of dictate things. Marshall, West Virginia got a win against the Herd. LMU, who they just played last round, and obviously West Virginia won those matches. So they have played teams and successfully played teams that kind of deployed that type of strategy where they don't need to possess the ball, letting West Virginia play to its strengths. So that, that's one good thing heading into this matchup. Another thing is we talk about Clemson's goal differential here, plus 39 on, on the season. The one thing that is interesting when you look at Clemson this year, they, they've, they've pitched nine shutouts, the same number as West Virginia, but when they play some of these high caliber teams, 
they have been susceptible to giving up multiple goals. It's one thing that I'm kind of looking at going into this game is that you, you take a couple of these games where they have allowed multiple goals this year. Three against Duke, which was a national seed. Two against Notre Dame, one of the other final four teams in this college cup. And then two, I think in the first game of the year, against UCF, another national seed, another team that we've talked about. So uh, this is a Clemson team that has been susceptible at times of giving up multiple goals in a game, which certainly seems to, to favor West Virginia. Now, the one thing is Clemson hasn't given up a single goal in this postseason. They're, they're uh, outscoring teams 6-0 here in the postseason. So that's one thing that it seems like maybe they've gotten some things figured out on the defensive end. They shut out a, a Stanford team that whipped Marshall in, in the round of 16. But there is that line that, that Clemson seems to kind of walk there a little bit where the, their, their keeper, Joseph Adema, his save percentage is not as good as Jackson Lee's and hasn't been tested as much either. So I think if you can test him in that back line, that might be a good recipe for West Virginia. I said previously that the New Hampshire game was in the round of eight, I think. I just want to correct that. Yeah. It was in the round of 16. Right. So my mistake on that if I uh, said that incorrectly. Uh, so great points on Clemson, right? Not just a good attacking team, really solid defensive team as evidenced by that great goal differential stat. Um, but for West Virginia, though, WVU has been really solid defensively, too. In the mm -hmm. postseason, six games dating back to the Sunbelt Tournament, only conceding six total goals, four of them in the Sunbelt Tournament, one against Georgia State, three against Marshall, a team that it lost to in the Sunbelt Cup Final, and then those two NCAA tournament goals. So uh, I think that West Virginia should be really enthused by the way that it has defended lately. And uh, I mentioned the center backs and the goalkeeper. Yes, they've been terrific too, but a lot of that starts with the midfielders, Otto Olekainen and Ryan Bear. They're so good at winning possession back in the middle of the park. They're so savvy in transition situations, and they're physical. And I think that's one thing uh, that, you, that you might see a good bit of is physicality in this game with two really solid defensive teams. Um, Bear and Olekainen have just been really, really steady for West Virginia, and Bear especially has that gritty mentality. He's you know, he's going to get involved in those types of situations, mm -hmm. right? And, and, he's, and he's not going to back down from those types right. of situations. Uh, I do think, too, that, that one other thing to keep an eye on is 50-50 balls in the midfield. Uh, West Virginia was slow to win those against LMU in the first quarter of an hour in the first half. Then something changed, and maybe it was the goal, the opening, or the, the tying goal from Luke McCormick that made this change occur. But West Virginia started getting to those 50-50 balls first, and that really changed the trajectory of the game. It forced LMU to start to sit back a little bit instead of being able to press. West Virginia then started to extend its offense farther and farther up the pitch. Uh, and yeah, I know the second goal, the ultimate game winner, came on a long ball, and so maybe this is a moot point altogether, but it really allowed West Virginia to take the pressure off its defense, and, and that, that could also prove to be critical against Clemson. Yeah, can't say I've seen Clemson play a lot this year, watched a little bit of their game against Stanford, but if this does turn into a physical game, kind of like you were saying, West Virginia certainly played a lot of those. Really, I think we could easily categorize every NCAA tournament game they've played this year as a physical matchup, uh, one where there have been some cards handed out, luckily no red so far, but certainly these matches leading up to this point have been physical, and for the most part, West Virginia's come away unscathed from, from a physicality standpoint. All right, let's take a quick break here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. We'll, when we come back, we will hear from West Virginia coach Dan Stratford, Clemson coach Mike Noonan, and then take a look at the other side of the bracket in that other national semifinal, which features Notre Dame, the number two seed and the highest remaining seed in the College Cup, and unseeded Oregon State. 
Despite the ill-fated efforts of President Biden and his wealthy New York friends, West Virginia coal is thriving and being shipped to 45 countries worldwide. Given its high quality and clean burning properties, countries across the globe are demanding and consuming it, and in-state production continues to grow. With billions of dollars of recent investment in West Virginia mining operations, combined with the reliability of our coal-fired electric manufacturing facilities, West Virginia coal is here to stay. No other fuel in the world matches West Virginia coal for base load generation and steel making. Like a good friend, it's always been and always will be there, keeping the lights on and contributing greatly to our growing economy. In fact, coal continues to sustain 50,000 plus West Virginia jobs, putting food on the table for Mountain State families. Visit friendsofcoal.org to learn more. A message from the Friends of Coal. This special College Cup edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast continues. Earlier this week, West Virginia gaffer Dan Stratford met with reporters to discuss this team's first ever appearance in the College Cup and the matchup with Clemson in the national semifinals. Yeah, it's a special feeling, obviously, as an alum of the program. Uh, it means that little bit more uh, to see the growth of the program and see see where it's come in 20 years. So incredibly proud and um Again, the, the the nature of the season and the way the seeding works out, the capacity to, to obviously play at home the whole way through um, and have sold out record crowds for us for the last three games has been really, really special, but but created a pressure to feel like we, we absolutely had to get to this point and make a final four, um, which is a funny thing to say, given the, if you like, the, the not so rich tradition of this program. Um, so now that we're here, I really hope we're going to enjoy ourselves and, and be incredibly fearless going into the final four. Uh, I think this is a completely different set of circumstances. Um, we're in a final four. We're playing at a magnificent stadium. Um, that aspect of things is going to be brand new for, for for both sets of teams. So I don't think there's too much we can take from the correlation between necessarily the road the road game losses, if you like, and, and what we'll have to face uh, when it comes to to Louisville. Um, yeah, look, I think there's far more positives and confidence that we're going to take as a result of the NCAA tournament run we've had so far uh, and where that leaves us as far as confidence and belief going into the Final Four as opposed to um, the, the prior history of the the, the road losses you're, you're referring to. Coach, you mentioned a few days ago that you, know, you were asking for two more weeks from your team, you know, focus, uh, you know, your mindset, all of those kind of things. Did you have a map planned out for that? If, hey, win that game now, what kind of things will I emphasize going into the College Cup? And then if you should get past the first game, how that would play out going into the finals? I mean, to some degree. Um, I think it was more to make sure that the occasion uh, and the potential of, of, of winning the Elite Eight game didn't necessarily entirely feel like the pinnacle. Um, and that you know, for some time now, it's it's kind of been, if you like, historic moment or accolade after accolade, whether it was the 16 win mark or get into the elite eight again. And now, obviously, now we make it to the final four. I wanted the attention to be um, on the cumulative of that, right? The the holistic being that we want to win a national championship and we have this incredible platform to do so. So the idea of them simply applying themselves the right way for two weeks sound, sounded to me quite quite feasible, uh, quite attainable for the players. And, and and again, we broke that down into how many games, how many training sessions in that period of time. 
um, hopefully to help them understand that, that it's quite a realistic, achievable thing, especially when our standards have been as consistent as they have throughout the season. Um, so what we're asking for is 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 very much something they're capable of. Um, and that will continue, hopefully, if we if we can get the victory on, on Friday and, and, and then obviously enter the rest of the weekend. But as far as plotting a real specific course, Outside of knowing when we would train and, and and then what that meant for the players, no, I wouldn't say there's a there's a huge detail plan at this stage. Dan, you're coming off a game against more of a defensive minded team. How how much different of a challenge is Clemson than what Loyola Marymount was, just in how they play? Yeah, very different. Very different. Um, a different system, a, a different different formation that we'll we'll have to face. Uh, and then a team that has an abundance of quality depth uh, looks incredibly dangerous driving forward and, and quite aggressive in terms of their intent to to progress the game in, in an attacking fashion. So, um, you know, we're still working through the, the process of determining exactly where their strengths and weaknesses are and, and, and as a result, what our plan will be. But, but first impressions are that um, they're a very well-rounded side and, Again, at this stage, uh, you're going to have to play the rest of the best in the country, and 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 Clemson certainly looked like that. Coach, obviously, you guys making history going to your first College Cup, West Virginia. Clemson are going to their tenth, also making some history for themselves. How much does that sit in your guys' minds? Um, have you talked to the guys about that? Obviously, they know what kind of program they are. Anything like that? No, not not necessarily. I think um, Clemson are ahead of, are ahead of us as far as its tradition, and and obviously. Um, the capacity to create the platform where they have sustained their success. Uh, we're an aspiring program that want to get to 10 College Cups and, and have that type of tradition here as well. Uh, I think the ambition uh, of the young men that I get to work with here uh, understand that um, and, and really feel like the, the, the job isn't quite done yet. So as I mentioned before, um, we know we're going to have to play quality teams. We already have. Um, but you know whether this was Clemson's first or tenth. I don't know that 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 plays too much of a role when it comes to um, this weekend. Perhaps you could argue if there's still players remaining from that 2021 group that obviously have that experience. Um, that that may play play a slight role. Uh, but I think right now our guys are just excited for the opportunity, excited to get to Louisville, and and, and looking forward to um, yeah the the capacity to showcase what what we can do here at West Virginia. With you guys making your first trip down there to Louisville, obviously the first time playing in the stadium, first time being on the stage, do you or your staff reach out to anyone uh, throughout the sport and just kind of get their thoughts on the best way to attack the week, the best way to, to attack the field as far as the playing service goes? Do you reach out to anyone and try to get some insight uh, in that regard? No, I don't think so. I think, um, you know, we've we've done enough research to know – what the surroundings are going to look like and feel like. I actually sent a few pictures to the to the guys today just to say get familiar with with where we're going to be for the next two games, right? And 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 making sure that they're reminded that the intent is still to be there for a very long weekend. Um, you know, I I think there's there's other experiences that I have had within the Division Two level that allow me to be fortunate enough to have been familiar with this type of platform or stage. Uh, for now, the sixth time, right? I, we did this five times at Charleston in the in the six years there. I was there as an assistant and head coach. So it's more the way that you manage your players. Um, the, the occasion, regardless of, you know, the size of the stadium or the field or different things like that, it's the occasion, it's the event, it, it's the way that you manage the individuals and, and the group and, um, you know, do they need um, added motivation and excitement? Do they need a calming voice in the room? We'll, we'll need to make sure we're really 
get our finger on the pulse of, of how the players are feeling and, and to kind of react accordingly to, to put them in the best possible place uh, to go out and, and really enjoy, really enjoy and embrace what, what Friday is going to bring against Clemson. Clemson head coach Mike Noonan also shared his thoughts on this bout with West Virginia as the Tigers look back to get to the national championship game for the second time in three years. No, we're very excited, obviously. Uh, you know, congratulations to everybody else uh, who's made it. It's, uh, I think it's one of the more difficult things to do is uh, to go through, uh, you know, the tournament to get to this point. Um, so many good teams. So, uh, you know, happy that we're uh, able to represent Clemson again. The team's playing pretty well at this point. And uh, through the course of the season, I think that we are deserving to to be in Louisville. I used to play in, in Louisville, so it's going to be a little bit of a homecoming, but that was many, many years ago. Uh, Broadbent Arena. Uh, so uh, back when the basketball team at Louisville played at Freedom Hall. So I've got a little bit of a background with Louisville, and but I've not seen the new facility. And uh, I've had a couple of former players who played there, uh, but I've not been there. It was supposed to be spectacular, really, really uh, beautiful place. Um but yeah, obviously we know the we know the path to Louisville, having to play uh, you know against our conference foes at the University of Louisville, and um, you know it's always been you know a tough place to to travel and to play to. So uh, you know we don't expect anything different. We know that West Virginia is a very very good team, and and we're going to have uh, our hands full on Friday. You know, I haven't gotten a lot into it, Holmesy, as far as the uh, as far as the scout goes, we've been dealing with a lot of details uh, today, but we're starting to get into it. We, you know, any team that's only lost twice in that conference uh, it says a lot. Um, you know, they've beaten Marshall. Uh, they had great rivalries with them. They're not going to be phased by much. They've had played in front of big crowds. Um, you know, it's a senior team, so they have, uh, you know, they have the pieces in place as well. So we expect a great game. Yeah, anytime you have two scorers that are in double digits for goals, uh, and then obviously one's a real good provider of goals as well. So, you know, they are uh, they're a handful, and the two of them together play off each other very well. But it's not just those two. They, uh, they may have the end product. They've got good players around them. That's Clemson coach Mike Noonan speaking Monday during a video conference with reporters. Notably, no Clemson beat writers on that call, just Ryan Decker and one other uh, Morgantown area reporter. So I'm uh, not sure that you get a tally for having more of your people cover the tournament, but it does appear that a lot of West Virginia folks have really signed up and, and really gotten involved in the coverage of Dan Stratford's team. And I think that's somewhat emblematic, Deck. I make the joke to make this larger point, like the fan support of West Virginia men's soccer this season has just been absolutely terrific. Mm -hmm. It helps when you have a big crowd like the Marshall game, but but I think that that really was an inflection point in the season, not because it was a tremendous result, but because people really got to experience just how fun the brand of soccer is that the Mountaineers are playing this year. Yeah, that's exactly right. And this West Virginia team set a Dick Dulesque soccer stadium attendance record in terms of men's soccer, really the second best attended individual season by either a men's or women's soccer team at WVU, only trailing that 2016 WVU women's soccer team that went to play for a national title. And by the way, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, that 2016 team by Nikki Izzo-Brown, that's the last team other than the rifle program mm -hmm. at WVU to 
compete in a Final Four. Is that correct? Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. Right. I, th- I think it is. And in fact, in that in that span between 16 and 23, Rifle competed for a national championship in Morgantown. Exactly. Yeah, and they likely very well could do that again this sure. year. Uh, but but yeah, so definitely a special season, both on the pitch and in the stands for for West Virginia. More than 19,000 fans coming out to see the Young Lions play this year. Incredible support. Uh, what three games of 3,000 or more people this season? I mean, that that alone is incredible. And really, just a quick aside here, because I just saw this now, not only the support in Morgantown by West Virginia fans, but really across the state. Uh, I, I know Marshall head coach Chris Grassy just sent out a, a big thank you to, to Marshall fans as well for, for their support this season. I'm assuming we're going to see something similar at some point this offseason whenever that starts from Dan Stratford too for the support that Mountaineer fans have given his program this year. Okay, a couple more quick notes, Tech. I want to go back to the comments from Clemson coach Mike Noonan a moment ago. He referenced two players. If you followed this West Virginia team, you know the two players in the attack that he's referencing. Those guys are the dynamic roommates, Marcus called and Yutaro Sukata. For my money, Utah is the most informed attacker in the tournament. Maybe Clemson's Usman Silla would like to have a word on that, but Sukata has scored seven goals in his last seven matches, including six goals in postseason games, whether it's the Sunbelt Conference Tournament or the NCAA Tournament. That brings his tally to 12 goals on the season and also nine assists on the year to lead the team. So he's tied for the team lead in goals with Marcus, who has a dozen, including that memorable hat trick over in the win over Marshall. But in the nine games since that victory over the Thundering Herd, he has not scored a goal. Now, Deck, I know you asked Coach Stratford mm-hmm directly about that is he concerned about his striker where do you stand on caldera's production so dan stratford's not concerned so therefore i'm not concerned i think that's a good way to look at this you know i would be more concerned too just without whatever dan stratford said which i'll get to in a minute i would be more concerned if marcus was not so close in that game against lmu really if the lmu keeper doesn't make two fantastic plays on the ball within about a three to four second span there marcus is on the board and this scoreless streak is over and we're not talking about it really but it it did continue for another game but Dan pretty much said that you know the the good thing is Marcus doesn't seem to be obviously he's frustrated by not scoring but he doesn't seem to be worrying about it mentally too much more than just simply wanting to get off the schneid so to speak Um, he talked about Stratford did Marcus is uh he, he's, he's competitive enough and he's aware enough that he knows he can affect the game in other ways. He does have two assists over that nine-game scoreless streak as well. So the, Marcus knows he can impact the game other ways than, than just scoring. He knows how to be a team player. We, we've seen that, and I think you might be able to speak to this better than I can, but we, we were talking in the office a little while ago. Marcus would be a great hockey assist guy. Hmm. I, I think it's sometimes he's the pass that leads to the pass to, to the assist sometimes and doesn't get that credit statistically for it. But obviously Dan Stratford and the coaching staff know that. But the, the other thing, too, that did come out of that question, other than Dan Stratford not being worried about arguably his top player, Marcus Caldera, is we got a new British saying that none of us were aware of. Did you hear this? No, I guess not. Hit me. Break the duck. Okay. Do you know what that means? Uh, is that like get off the schneid? Is it like break the, end slump, the slump? Essentially, yeah. 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 So break the duck. That's a new one. I'm going to see if I can work that into some coverage there on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. You know, for me, Marcus, you summed it up, Deck. Like he impacts games in different ways. 
if not for his ability to hold up a center back on that long ball from Jackson Lee, Sergio Wars Navarro doesn't break free and score what amounted to the game winner against LMU in the quarterfinals. He also had an assist on Utaro's goal, uh, which was the opener against Vermont in a 2-1 win in the round of 16. So I do think he's out there and he's not just he's not just loafing around, right? He is right. trying to find ways to impact games. He almost scored. Pomponi made a great save. Massimo Pomponi made a great save on him on the second half. If not, West Virginia goes and wins that game four, maybe even five one. Uh, you never know how a goal could could just change the trajectory of a match if the Lions decide they really want to go for it, right? So uh, my hope for Marcus is that he scores one early against Clemson and mm-hmm. that that really helps his team be more dynamic in the attack and just really feel that belief going forward against Clemson. Um, it, it's maybe unlikely that he's going to score one against this Tigers team because they haven't given up a goal in the tournament, though. Right? Someone's got to. Right, and then I think, you know, the last part about this, and, and if you're superstitious, uh, maybe you want to skip this part, but if we're talking about penalty kicks, right, like, I don't think Marcus has taken one this season. In fact, I think Utaro is the only player who's taken a penalty for West Virginia this year. Uh, confidence is so, so critical in penalty shootouts for the takers, for the goalkeeper. And it doesn't appear that Marcus is not confident, right? He's still going for it. He's still getting involved in the attack. He's still taking chances when they come to him, right? Uh, I, I think that that's all a good sign, right? I'd love to see him score one against Clemson. I think that would be huge for the team. But West Virginia has also proven that it is capable of winning games when he doesn't score because Utaro has been terrific. They've gotten great production from Sergio. Uh, you know, there's a big question about if Luke McCormick is going to be available, but as Coach Stratford mentioned on Monday, the prognosis is a little bit better than it looked on Saturday when he left the game early in the second half with an injury against LMU. Maybe he's going to be able to feature in some way. And then you've got another bright spot in Ryan Crooks, who dealt with an injury earlier in the year, missed about eight games in the middle part of the season, had an assist on Utaro's goal uh, that, that, that helped West Virginia seal that game away. And Constantinos Christou, who might start if Luke can't go as that center attacking midfielder. Christou is one of the top 20 freshmen in the country, according to Top Drawer Soccer. West Virginia has a ton of depth. Right. They can attack you in many different creative ways. Want McCormick to be able to play because it just is is so unfortunate because this is it for him. He's a 50-year, right? You want him to be able to go and really be able to perform it at at the highest level. That might not be the case. But one way or another, West Virginia is going to have the moments against Clemson. It's just a matter of can they be clinical? Can they finish on the biggest of stages? And I'm glad you brought up, too, that Marcus, he's still been willing to take shots over the scoreless streak. It's not like he's been shying away. I think sometimes, like especially in basketball, when a guy's going through a rough stretch, there's that fine line a guy can walk of taking too many shots and trying to shoot his way out of a slump and then just taking the correct shots to try to get his way out of a slump. Marcus is still averaging, it looks like, anywhere from about two to three shots per game over the streak, which it's enough to, A, keep himself in the game offensively. It's enough to keep pressure on the opposing keeper, which you always want to do just to obviously the more shots you take the higher percentage of one finding the back of the net is and as you said it it also kind of keeps West Virginia's depth in line and and capable because you know if if the opposing team has to still worry even if he's not scoring about Marcus that's a little bit less attention they can pay to some of these other goal scorers and we've already seen a guy in Max Broughton who not a goal scorer this year he's already scored a very key goal for this team uh, here in the postseason so it just kind of speaking to that depth again that West Virginia has you know, tournaments like this, always an unlikely hero arises, and we'll see who that is for this team uh, coming up here on Friday. One last thought on the striker. He scored three against Marshall. He's capable of doing it any time, mm-hmm. whether it's Clemson or in the national title game, right? Like, he's due. He's due. And he almost had one against Pomponi in, in LMU. 
that he's due. And I think, I think that you're going to see that. You're going to see that sort of hunger against the Tigers. There's no doubt in my mind. Okay, let's quickly touch on the other side of the bracket. The other national semifinal is Notre Dame facing Oregon State. Notre Dame boasting a plus 29 goal differential with 42 goals scored and just 13 goals against. That makes the Fighting Irish the best defensive team in the ACC. Fighting Irish beat Kentucky in regulation, but needed penalties against Western Michigan and perennial power Indiana to reach the College Cup. Meanwhile, Oregon State is the only unseeded team to reach the College Cup. Beavers had to win four times against Seattle, at Portland, at SMU, and at UNC. And what's really remarkable is that the Beavers have become a real offensive threat in the tournament. That wasn't exactly their MO during the regular season. In fact, they lost 2-0 at home to the LMU team West Virginia beat in the quarterfinals to reach the College Cup. But in the tournament, Beavers outscoring opponents 13-2. That includes clean sheets against 11-seed Portland and 3-seed UNC, as well as a 7-1 thumping of 6-seed SMU. But I watched that game, and, you know, I think that when SMU went down, maybe 3-1 really started to chase the game, really started to throw numbers forward, and that's what allowed Oregon State to go up big. But you still got to make, you still got to finish your chances. You still got to put it in the back of the net, right? So it's, it's clear that there's going to be two really, really great contests on the docket Friday in the Derby City. West Virginia Clemson is at 6, Notre Dame Oregon State Friday at 8, Oregon State Friday at 8:45. You can watch both games on ESPNU and we invite you to follow our coverage throughout the College Cup at goldenbluenation.com and on the free Golden Blue Nation app, which is available for you to download on Apple and Android smart devices. So let's get a quick final thought here. Nick Farrell and Ryan Decker with you on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Deck, are you superstitious? No, but I'm a little stitious. I knew you were going to say that. Good. Great great office reference. So West Virginia is 9-0-3 at home. And because it's the higher seed than Clemson, should be the home team in Louisville. Though I don't know that for a fact. It it might be available somewhere. I'm just sort of guessing. Um, White jerseys. That's my guess. That's all I'm going to say is white jerseys. Just just look for that, okay? If they're the home, regardless of if they're the home team or not, I don't have any source that's telling me what's going to happen. Maybe you don't care about jerseys. Maybe you want me to shut up. White jerseys. That's all I'm going to say. That's the key? That, that's all I'm going to say. So, so it's interesting. They, they wear white, they win, period. Don't even play the game. No, it, I'm, it, I'm joking. It, it's interesting <laughs> you say that because my key for this, now that you asked, my key for this tournament was going to be don't let the team in orange score first because it seems like if Oregon State gets on the board first, that's over. And it certainly seems like if Clemson gets on the board first in a game they play in with as good sound defensively as they are, it, it's not over with West Virginia, but it, it can trend that way very quickly just for either team. Don't let the team in orange score first. West Virginia faces that team in orange. Clemson, a team that won the national title just two years ago, Friday at 6 Eastern on ESPNU, the College Cup. First time West Virginia men's soccer has ventured to the national semifinals. Coach Stratford and company hoping to bring a national championship trophy home to Morgantown. Deck will be there to cover it Friday in Louisville. Make sure you follow his coverage on our website, goldenbluenation.com, and on social media at Ryan Decker underscore on X, the website formerly known as Twitter. Anything else before we wrap this up? I I just want to point out that on a very official website, it is pronounced Louisville. (laughs) Okay, what is that official website? Uh, Wikipedia.org. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) That's hysterical. Just just want to point that out. On a very official, non-biased, not open to the public website, it is 
Louisville. How do we know that you're not an admin and just changed that right now? Because I have tried to change things on, Word, on WordPress, Wikipedia before, and uh, it has been booted off in, in an hour or so after changing it. <laughs> All right, Dex, safe travels to Louisville, and uh, yeah, bring some wins home with you. Gonna try. All right, this has been the Golden Blue Nation podcast for Ryan Decker. I'm Nick Farrell signing off. Make sure to follow our coverage throughout the weekend at goldenbluenation.com and on the free Golden Blue Nation app. We will talk to you next time on the GBN Pod.